Being Catholic and having a crush goes like this. At Mass, the priest says, and now let us offer each other the sign of peace. You shake hands with your crush, who's in the pew in front of you. He says, peace be with you. And do you respond, please be with me? Teresa Zoe Williams. Thanks for tuning in to episode three. Valentine's Day is in a couple days. I know that some Catholics like to complain that it's been co-opted by the greeting card companies and turned into an abomination. Well, I say St. Valentine probably doesn't mind and is praying for everyone regardless. So let's lean into it. Valentine's Day makes you think of falling in love. And what do you do when you're in love? Kiss. A lot. A lot, a lot. Valentine's Day is one of my favorite days of the year because not only is making purple allowed, but it's encouraged. However, I don't have any good Valentine's kissing stories, but my first kiss was in a haunted house. So I was a freshman in high school, and one of the service projects was running the haunted house at the local supposedly haunted hotel. My boyfriend and I signed up to be spooks on the same night, but then we were assigned to different scenes. I was pretty lonely, hiding in my dark corner, waiting for people to scare, but I did my job with gusto. During a lull, my boyfriend came to see me. We were talking, and then all of a sudden, he kissed me. My little adolescent brain started short-circuiting. Oh my gosh, my first kiss, and I didn't even have to play spin the bottle or seven minutes in heaven. Ah! The dear boy, though, he decided to kick it up a notch and tried to stick his tongue down my throat. I froze. I had no idea what to do. I'd never kissed before, let alone do what the French do. So I just stood there and he ended up just licking my face a lot. Boys are gross. Boys are gross. Now I'm not saying these two things are related, but we did break up the next week. Rest in peace, Ted. I did get more confident in love as the years went on. Take junior prom two years later, for example. I wanted to go, but the guy I was seeing, we'll call him Sasquatch, didn't. Now, I wasn't necessarily looking for a way to convince him, but then art class offered me a solution. So every Friday in my art class, two students would pose. No, not nude. Clothes definitely had to be worn. It may have been a public high school, but we weren't lewd. No one was drawing anyone like one of Jack's French girls. Anyway, two students would pose non-lewdly, and the rest of the class had to draw them. 
So the Friday after it went down with Sasquatch happened to be my and my friend's turn to model. We decided to dress as a couple at prom. She wore a makeshift tuxedo and I wore my actual prom dress. Yes, I already had my dress. I already bought it. I wanted to go that badly and no boy was gonna stop me. So anyway, when we were done modeling for art class, under the guise of changing into our regular clothes, we decided to pay a visit to Sasquatch's math class. Sasquatch was bright red and his buddies were teasing him and the students were smirking and whispering. We hung out for a little while and then when we decided to leave, I was walking through the door and I turned and looked at Sasquatch and said, too bad you'll be missing out on this and blew him a kiss. He still didn't go to prom with me. That didn't stop me though. I still went and had a blast. He went fishing instead and didn't catch anything. But don't even get me started on senior prom and the guy who asked me to go with him cause I could belch so well and then didn't take me after all. Kissing and showing our affection is a wonderful, good practice. But this virus, you may have heard of it, COVID-19, still threatens us. Show some real agape love and don't sop spit with strangers this year. And always wear a mask. Welcome to the show. It's a good one tonight, but first, the drink of the day. It's one I reserve for Valentine's Day and spaghetti nights only. Red wine, specifically tonight, a Pinot Noir. Red, red wine, stay close to me. Don't let me be alone. It's tearing apart my blue heart. Pinky's out, everyone. And now for a dramatic reading of scripture. Today's tale is two lovers saved from a demon. A selection of their tale comes from the book of Tobit, chapter 6, verse 10, through chapter 8, verse 5. When they had entered Media and were getting close to Ekbatana, Raphael said to the young man, Brother Tobiah, he answered, Here I am. Raphael continued, Tonight we must stay in the house of Raguel, who is a relative of yours. He has a beautiful daughter named Sarah but no other son or daughter apart from Sarah. Since you are Sarah's closest relative, you more than any other have the right to marry her. Moreover, her father's estate is rightfully yours to inherit. The girl is wise, courageous, and very beautiful. And her father is a good man who loves her dearly. You have the right to marry her. So listen to me, brother. Tonight, I will speak to her father about the girl so that we may take her as your bride. When we return from rages, 
we will have the wedding feast for her. But Tobias said to Raphael in reply, Brother Azariah, I have heard that she has already been given in marriage to seven husbands, and that they have died in the bridal chamber. On the very night they approached her, they would die. I have also heard it said that it was a demon that killed them. Well, demons on the wedding night? Say what? So now I too am afraid of this demon, because it is in love with her and does not harm her, but it kills any man who wishes to come close to her. I am my father's only child. If I should die, I would bring the life of my father and mother down to their grave in sorrow over me. They have no other son to bury them. So, emo. Anyway, Raphael said to him, Do not worry about that, demon. Take Sarah. Lots of Sarahs in the Old Testament. Not much has really changed. I've got like six in my phone book. Or know that tonight she will be given to you as your wife. When you go into the bridal chamber, Take some of the fish's liver and the heart and place them on the embers intended for incense, and an odor will be given off. As soon as the demon smells the odor, it will flee and never again show itself near her. You know, if I smelled that, I'd probably flee too. Then, when you are about to have intercourse with her, both of you must first get up to pray. Whoa, wait a second. I'm sorry, is this turning into a Madonna music video or something? Beg the Lord of heaven that mercy and protection be granted you. Do not be afraid, for she was set apart for you before the world existed. You will save her, and she will go with you. So do not worry. Okay, there are a lot of things for a virgin to worry about on the wedding night. But a demon? A demon? When they entered Atana, Tobiah said, Brother Azariah, Bring me straight to the house of our kinsman, Raguel. So he did, and they came to the house of Raguel, whom they found seated by his courtyard gate. They greeted him first, and he answered, Many greetings to you, brothers. Welcome. You have come in peace. Now enter in peace. And he brought them into his house. He said to his wife, Edna, How this young man resembles Tobit, the son of my uncle. For those of you playing along at home, the son of your uncle is your cousin. So Edna asked them, saying, Where are you from, brothers? They answered, We are descendants of Naphtali, now captives in Nineveh. She said to them, Do you know our kinsman Tobit? They answered her, Indeed we do know him. She asked, Is he well? They answered, Yes, he is alive and well. Then Tobias said, He is my father. Raguel jumped up, kissed him, and broke into tears. So here's the deal. If you need to get the intel on your kinsmen or the peeps in your church, just ask a lady. We never fail. There's a reason that there are church ladies around. Afterward, Raguel slaughtered a lamb from the flock and gave them a warm reception. When they had washed bathed, and reclined to eat and drink, Tobias said to Raphael, Brother Azariah, ask Raguel to give me my kinswoman Sarah. Raguel overheard the words, so he said to the young man, Eat and drink and be merry tonight, for no man has a greater right to marry my daughter Sarah than you. Brother, 
Besides, not even I have the right to give her to anyone but you, because you are my closest relative. However, son, I must frankly tell you the truth. I have given her in marriage to seven husbands who were kinsmen of ours, and all died on the very night they approached her. But now, son, eat and drink. The Lord will look after you both. Tobiah answered, I will neither eat nor drink anything here until you settle what concerns me. Okay, Tobiah's making like he's not afraid of a demon, but dude has to be putting up a big front. I'd be shitting my pants. Raguel said to him, I will do it. She is yours as decreed by the book of Moses. It has been decided in heaven that she be given to you. Take your kinswoman. From now on, you are her brother, and she is your sister. She is given to you today and here ever after. May the Lord of heaven prosper you both tonight, son, and grant you mercy and peace. Then Raguel called his daughter Sarah, and she came to him. He took her by the hand and gave her to Tobiah with these words. Take her according to the law. According to the decree written in the book of Moses, I give her to be your wife. Take her and bring her safely to your father. And may the God of heaven grant both of you a safe journey in peace. He then called her mother, that would be his wife Edna, and told her to bring writing materials. He wrote out a copy of the marriage contract, stating that he gave Sarah to Tobiah as his wife, as decreed by the law of Moses. Her brother brought the material, and he drew up the contract, to which he affixed his seal. Afterward, they began to eat and drink. When they had finished eating and drinking, they wanted to retire, like most of us. So they brought the young man out and led him to the bedroom. Tobiah, mindful of Raphael's instructions, took the fish's liver and heart from the bag where he had them and put them on the embers intended for the incense. So gross, ugh. The odor of the fish repulsed the demon and it fled to the upper regions of Egypt. When Sarah's parents left the bedroom and closed the door behind them, wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me her parents were there just hanging out while Tobiah chased away a demon? They were there when the demon killed seven other men? There's a Mormon joke in here somewhere, but you know, let's just let it go. Tobiah rose from bed and said to his wife, My sister, come, let us pray and beg our Lord to grant us mercy and protection. She got up and they started to pray and beg that they might be protected. The end. And may you never find a demon in your bed. this week's top 10, I give you the top 10 Catholic pickup lines. If you're looking for a honey, be sure to drop one of these holy lines, and maybe you'll even score a date to donuts after mass. Number 10 is, you make me feel like St. Valentine because I'm losing my head over you. Get it? Because St. Valentine was beheaded. 
Number nine is, are you a rosary? Because I love to spend decades with you. Number eight is, I'd love to have to repent of you this Lent. By the way, that's coming up soon, so maybe start thinking about that. Coming in at number seven is, hey babe, I lost my rosary. Can I use your fingers? You really can't go wrong with a rosary pickup line. But coming in at number six we have, are you the eighth virtue? Because I'd love to pursue you. At number five we have, I'm a son of the morning, you're a daughter of day. Let's go build the city of God. Pretty straightforward, can't mess around with hair. At number four we have, are you St. Anthony? Because you found my heart. Aww. Ranking at number three is, do you go to the Latin Mass? Because your form is extraordinary. At number two, you must be St. Thomas, because the only way you'll know I'm the one is if you touch me. Put your fingers right there. Yeah, mm, that's the spot. And at number one, we have, let's make like St. Ignatius and do some spiritual exercises back at my place. And that's your top 10. Up Too Late nor any of its associates are responsible for any physical harm that may come from trying these lines out on unsuspecting victims' uh, potential dates. For my Patreon supporters, I've made you a Valentine's treat, so be sure to check in and claim yours. Since it's Valentine's Day, it's only fitting that we recognize some of the best Catholic Twitter couples. These are all suggestions that have come from my Twitter followers, and if you'd like to participate in the future, just tweet at me, at Teresa Zoe. But here's, in no particular order, some of our favorite Catholic Twitter couples. There's, first of all, the amazing Katie and Tommy McGrady. That's at Katie Prejean and at T McGrady 25. Two cute kids, lots of wisdom, lots of good quips, and just all-around wholesome content. Then there's Kate and Adam Eichelberger. That's at Kate RN Tree and The Life of Adam. She is an assertive woman, and he is a tattooed youth minister. Doesn't get much better than that. But of course, we can't leave out Carrie and Kyle Helmick. That's at Carrie Helmick and at Hell Mickey Mouse. They're the sweetest to each other, and it's so cute. That's couple goals right there. And finally, a shout out to the Twitter couple that started it all for me, Tommy and Karen Ty. That's at the GH is silent and at don't eat it's mine. When Karen comes for Tommy with her snark on his tweets, it's just perfection. But lots of love to all the Catholic Twitter couples out there and happy Valentine's Day. But of course, I'm not going to forget our dear brothers and sisters in Christ who've taken themselves off the dating market completely. That's right, I'm talking about all our Twitter priests and religious. Some may say you've taken the easy way out, but I say, good for you. Why bother with mere mortals when you can just have the king of the universe? Makes sense to me. Happy V-Day to all of you, too. Finally, a saint some of you might need to invoke after this weekend, 
the patron saint of STDs and venereal diseases, Saint Fikra. He was an Irish hermit who lived in the 600s. Mostly, he was known for his skill in curing infirmities. But this, combined with his deep, deep aversion to women, made him the patron saint against venereal diseases, too. Dude literally just wanted to garden and chill. Just wanted to tend to his vegetables, pray, and cure people's ailments. All hermit boys know is eat, pray, love. Thanks for joining me tonight for Up Too Late. Shout out to all of my ex-boyfriends who've been cool enough for me to move on without wanting to key their precious cars. And a happy Valentine's Day to my husband, Jess, who likes that I have a podcast now so he doesn't have to listen to my stories anymore. You can always find me on Twitter at Teresa Zoe and on Instagram and Facebook at Teresa Zoe Williams. If you like this show, consider becoming a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash Teresa Zoe. God bless and keep you. Sleep well and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand and Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep!